everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the 12 Questions Podcast here on the Teardown Feed. My name is Jeff Gluck, and I do these weekly interviews with someone from the racing world, ask them 12 questions. Usually it's a race car driver, but this week it's a race executive. It's Dave Alpern, the president of Joe Gibbs Racing. Just came out with a book called Taking the Lead and thought that would be a good opportunity to chat with him on the 12 questions. I was looking at it and, you know, I was like, oh, you know what? Most of these questions, they're geared toward racing, but they can be answered by a non-driver as well. So figured I'd try to twist them a little bit for those purposes. And uh, we got to chat about his new book and his career as president at JGR. So let's take a listen to our conversation. All right, everybody. I'm here with Dave Alpern. And Dave, of course, uh, these questions are usually driver-specific um, most of them this year seem to fit with anybody. I've had to tweak just a couple uh, for your role, so uh, bear with me on a couple of these. But um, okay, good. First of all, thanks thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me, Jeff. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, hey, I'm I'm not a bad driver. I'm pretty good in a go kart. Okay, well maybe we'll talk about that, uh, Dave. First of all, when you meet someone who doesn't know who you are, do you ever lie about what you do for a living? So, I have never lied. But I definitely, you know, the more they ask, the more they learn. So the basic ask is usually I'm in the NASCAR business. The next question leads to um, it's usually which team. And I say I work for Joe Gibbs Racing. Um, and, and then when they ask what you do, I still will I'll guard it by saying I work in the front office, mostly with sponsors on the business side. Uh-huh. Um, it, if they dig deeper, they may find out that I'm the president. But I, I certainly don't normally start with the flex that says, Hey, I'm a, the president of a, of a NASCAR team. Interestingly, at the beginning of my career, it was for the opposite reason. I didn't want them to know I was a gopher in a broom closet. So I would say, Oh, I work for a NASCAR team. And I would like, please don't ask me a question. Please don't ask me a question. So in every phase, I've kind of been guarded about it for different reasons. Yeah. So when you're back, when you're the t-shirt guy, you're like, no, I, I, I work for a yeah. race team. Yeah. Yeah. I'm and really now. important. And yeah, no, I'm actually yeah in a back closet making t-shirts and hats and, and that's it. And then they move <laughs> on to the next person. I love it. <laughs> um, which current cup series driver have you known for the longest? Um, that would be Denny Hamlin, probably. Um, I would say one, one of our guys. Yeah. So it's, I, I think he was back in, in 03, JD actually found him and he was, um, he was shaking down a late model car for a test we were doing. And at the end of the test day, we had a bunch of drivers come in and the assessment was, man, the guy that was really good was the local guy, this kid, Denny Hamlin. And yeah. Uh, so I guess that was back in the early 2000s. So he's kind of like, feels like he's my little brother. I've known him for so long. <laughs> do you, can you, do you guys, you know, give each other a hard time and stuff like that? Or, uh, like what's that relationship like? We do, we do. And, and, um, you know, Denny's a sports fan. So a lot of our conversations, when we get, when we sit together at a banquet or a, at an event center around, you know, football, golf, basketball, something like that. And, and, and Denny, Denny can talk shop with sports and we enjoy talking about that. And I, I had a brief stint in his hoop group basketball league that plays at his house. So that has been a good connection. And actually one of the reasons I did it was just to be, to get more time with guys that I don't normally get to spend time with in the industry. Certainly not because I'm good at basketball. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha. Um, Can you describe what it feels like to watch one of your race cars crash? It's, 
honestly, almost like watching one of your kids um, get hurt. Like you, 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 um, and it's for a number of reasons. You, you, you know, you worry about the driver. There's just so much, um, you're, you're so attached to it that when those cars go around the racetrack and I hope everyone who works for us feels this way, you feel like those are my cars, like, like not just the cars that I work for, like those are my cars and those are my drivers. And so, yeah, you really, it's honestly, races are very nerve wracking. Um, cause I, and, and I have no control. I mean, I'm making no decisions. I'm literally just a spectator. So when they crash, yeah, you're, you're looking for the window net to come down. You're waiting for them to, if you're not on their channel, you're switching to their channel quick. So it's it, the races are actually not super enjoyable um, for me. <laughs> I love the I love the pre-race activities and I love when they're over. But during it, you're they're very nerve wracking. Okay, yeah, that actually that actually makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> yeah. Um, do you have any new lifestyle changes or habits that you've made lately that you're particularly proud of? Um, I honestly like probably many people. During COVID, when our work schedule was a little bit different, I, I started the discipline of exercising in the morning, which I've never been able to do. Um, I can't go really early, but I was able to start a little later than I normally would have because our schedules were flexed. And, and I've actually now, it's a habit to where I'm, I'm committed to at least you know four days a week. I have a little gym in our garage um, and I do little workout videos. And I've, I've been kind of proud of myself because I hate working out. I mean, I loathe it. I don't, I don't, <laughs> there's some people who, really like it. And I don't, but I've, I've been very disciplined to doing that. And I've been, you know, kind of proud of myself for doing that. Wow. Yeah. I'm it's a lot better than me. Trust me. Um, <laughs> what is a, what is a quality or skill you envy in other team executives? Hmm. Um, honestly, I'll start by saying I, I've always had what they call imposter syndrome where I feel like I, I just don't belong where I am. So I would say most traits I envy, like they all seem smarter than me. Uh, they all seem to understand the concepts better than I do. So it's hard for me based on my personality, not to name a lot of things because many of my counterparts, you know, some of them are attorneys, some of them have more competition background than me and in conversations. Um, it just adds to my philosophy of in most meetings, I try to talk the least so that when I do talk, people pay attention and say, all right, Dave's got something to say. But for me, it's often because I feel like the people around me are smarter. So many of them just are, they're real smart guys. And, and honestly, I, I admire all of my counterparts for a number of different reasons. Okay. That's super interesting. So this next one is a wild card question where I'm mixing it up for each yeah, person. And awesome. you, uh, you obviously came out with a book, um, taking the lead. And, um, I, I understand part of your motivation to write this book was your dad, who I understand was in the CIA, yeah. but passed yeah. away before finishing a book he was working on. So can you, can you tell us more about that, that whole situation? Yeah. Uh, my dad passed away 10 years ago and he had gotten three chapters through a book, which was going to be, you know, declassifying many of his stories as a CIA operative. And m one of my sisters and myself were born in different foreign countries because my dad traveled all over the world. And. Um, until I was 16, I didn't know where my dad worked. He just said, I work at the Pentagon. And really? when he retired from the CIA at 16, I found out, yeah, by the way, I was a CIA operative. I'm now going into business for myself. And I was like, okay, that explains a lot. Um, and <laughs> wow. so, so I asked my dad to record his stories and he, he didn't, and he passed away and kind of, you know, deprived all of us of knowing his amazing story, which we'll never know. And so 
that was really when I decided, hey, my story may be less exciting, but I really would love my kids. If no one else is interested, I want my kids and their kids to know this crazy story of me going from intern to president and our little race team going from 15 to 100 to 500 people. And how did that happen? So that was why I did it. And then along the way, you know, when JD got sick and I became president, it sort of the story came together. And I think there's some messages in there that I think will resonate with people, whatever stage of their career they're in, because I experienced like most people do um, some frustration in my career um, at different stages, thinking I either wasn't being challenged or I wasn't being appreciated, not knowing they were preparing me for a job I never imagined. And, and I think a lot of people can understand each stage of their career. Some of the things that I went through. Okay. That's really interesting. Where were you and your sister born by the way? I was born in Frankfurt, Germany. Uh, one of my sisters was born in Bangkok, Thailand. And um, my we moved back to the States when I was two. So we were born in the U.S. Army Hospital in Germany, but my dad was stationed there among, and he he traveled all over the world. I mean, he was, I think he visited over a hundred countries for his job. He was gone a lot. And, you know, my parents got divorced when I was eight. It was a tough, it was a tough job. Wow. Wow. I, yeah, that sounds pretty taxing. <clears throat> Um, so obviously this has become a, a remote work world. Uh, if you were allowed to relocate to a different state huh. than where the JGR team shop is, where would you want to live? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, um, I love Charlotte. So my answer would be, I, I really think we would stay in Charlotte. I, it, it would be what I would love to do is to split time. And, and, you know, my answer is like many others. I love the beach. I love to surf. My family loves the beach. So I would love to be able to <laughs> spend extended times at different beaches where there are waves and, and then be able to come back to home base in Charlotte. That would be a dream for me. And I, you know, we love to surf ski. And so, yeah, in the winter, it'd be fun to ski. And in the, in the summer, it'd be fun to surf. Uh, in a perfect world, but I picked the wrong career for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> what is an embarrassing mistake that you've made during your career that you're comfortable sharing with us now? Um, I actually tell this story in the book. One time in my career, I participated in a pit stop, and it was back in it was back with Bobby Labonte in in Charlotte, and. The guy who handed the drink to Bobby had to make his own pit stop and a car made an, un an unscheduled pit stop. And they looked at me and just said they, 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 they couldn't talk because it was loud. So they just pointed and pointed to the pole. So I stuck the water bottle in the pole. And I mean, my heart is beating out of my chest and I'm terrified. I'm in my 20s. And um, I think, you know, most of the pit crew guys already hate me because I'm a front office guy anyway. And so I just didn't want to screw it up. And so I stick the water bottle in and Bobby waves it off like he doesn't want any water. And I had no idea how to respond. So when I pulled the bottle, the pullback, the bottle fell out and wedged under the jack clip where the jack goes. And I am panicked. And the jack man comes around, sticks the jack under the bottle. <laughs> the bottle rolls under the car and when Bobby burns out, spins out to leave, the water bottle goes flying a hundred <laughs> yards down pit road, ice and water spray everywhere. And, and in unison, everyone in the pits turns around and stares at me while I'm holding the pole like an idiot. 
And I just <laughs> turned around and, and left and that was it. One and done. I've never done a pit stop again. I was oh so God. humiliated. So that was probably my most embarrassing, you know, moment. And, and, and I had no other pits to hide at. It's, we didn't have four teams. We had one. So I had to stand there the whole time. Oh <laughs> it was, it was, it was awful. <laughs> yeah. That is so great. Oh uh, man. It was awful. I'm now I'm excited yeah. to read more of the book. Yeah. yeah uh, this that. is great. Um, <laughs> if someone were to hand you an envelope and inside of this envelope, was the date of JGR's final win with you in your yeah. current position. Would you want to open this envelope? 100%. I, I am I am an Uber planner and I hate surprises. So I would 100% want to know. And of course, I would then, I would back out some sort of spreadsheet and I would plan everything sequentially leading up to that date. Yeah, I, I do not like surprises. I would love that. Okay. Life would be so much easier if we could just read the last chapters, you know, because then stuff would make sense. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Dave, have you achieved your childhood dream? I definitely would say I have. And so it may, you know, surprisingly, it um, isn't just or even mostly because of my career. So I would say, you know, when I was a kid, um, if you had told me I would be married to honestly, you know, my soulmate and that I would have three boys who are just awesome and that I would have good uh, friends, dear friends who I love. I wasn't, I didn't have any biological brothers, but God gave me some uh, really good, you know, JD was one of them, just some brothers uh, to do life with. Um, I, I'm really grateful for that. Again, the job part has been a complete joy and a blessing, but my answer isn't because I'm the president of a sports team at first. It's because of those other things for sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That makes sense. So each week uh, I ask a driver to give me a question for the next interview. And the last interview was with Christopher Bell. And uh, his question is, what is the best part of being president at JGR? And what is the worst part of being president at JGR? So the best part of being the president of JGR is definitely the people that I get to work with from the company, the you know, great companies um, uh, around, you know, around the world um, and the people inside the building and the joy that winning gives them. And I tell people I've been doing this so long. Obviously I love winning, but now the joy I get when we win a race is, is them is seeing, you know, uh, an executive from Toyota or one of our partners, the joy that a race win gives them. It, often jobs don't give you that satisfaction, but ours does. And that is a joy to me for that. Um, <laughs> I would say the hardest part of my job is I am kind of a sensitive guy. I would call myself a feeler on the, on the, you know, personality profile. And so as big as we are, and as, as, you know, the, as, as hard as racing is, I feel like all it is, is it's constant conflict. And so dealing with conflict is, is hard for me because I'm a peacemaker and I don't like when someone's unhappy. I'm a, I try to be a people pleaser and it's really hard to keep everybody happy and to keep everything peaceful. And unfortunately, it's hard for me to turn that off in, in my brain. So I'm always in you know, peacemaker mode. And it, I think that's the, that's, it, it's a growth area for me, but it's really, it, it's, it, it's probably harder for me than it might be for some people just because of that. Okay. Yeah. That I, can, makes I sense. can relate to that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So the next interview uh, I'm doing is supposedly uh, supposed to be with Tommy Joe Martins. 
Um, obviously, he runs his own Xfinity Series team as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have a question I might be able to ask Tommy Joe? Well, I, the way I want to talk about it is maybe the future a little bit is what, um, where do you see the sport in five years? What are you most optimistic about? And what worries you the most? Ooh, Maybe that'd be good. a good, I think, I think that would be a good question to ask a team owner. What are you most optimistic about for the next five years and what worries you the most? Right. Right. As a Ooh, team that's owner. really great. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, man, this has been um, fantastic. Thank you so much for, for doing this. No, that, look, th look, thank you for having me. And, um, if there's, if there's, uh, again, it means a lot of you, you're, you're, uh, I enjoy reading your stuff. And again, I appreciate you even caring that I wrote um, a book because I, when, when you write it and you have a personality like mine, you worry that no one's going to care that you wrote a book. So I've been happy about getting to talk about it. All right, everybody, there you have it. And as you heard there, taking the lead is where you can read more about it or order it. And Dave specifically said that all of the author proceeds, not all the proceeds from the book, but all of the author proceeds that his, his share essentially are going to the J.D. Gibbs Legacy Fund. So he's not staying to make any money off it. Uh, so he said that makes it a little bit easier for him to uh, promote it. Anyway, hope you enjoyed that conversation. And as you heard there, the next interview is with Tommy Joe Martins. I've actually already recorded that one. And believe me, it's one of the better ones this year. Really, really interesting stuff with Tommy Joe Martin. So if you enjoy these interviews, please check back next week because I think that's one you'll find very interesting as well. Anyway, thanks to Dave for his time. Thank you for listening. And I will talk to you next time on the 12 Questions Podcast.